Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. It is May the 5th, 2020. Thank you guys for taking this journey along with us to just kind of recap our top story of the day. goes back to yesterday, Joe, where a very sad and somber kind of start to the day yesterday where uh, Don Shula, at the age of 90 years old, lived a phenomenal life, Uh, head coach of the Colts, of course, the Miami Dolphins for a long period of time, Super Bowl champ, ended up uh, passing away. Uh, uh, Coach Shula's health had, had really faded over the last decade or so. Um, you know, certainly he'll be remembered for roaming those sidelines and being really tough to all of his players on the sidelines. But uh, his name will live on because certainly Shula Steakhouse is worldwide now. I know that there are a couple here in South Florida. There's also one in Tampa. I believe there are others in other parts of the country as well. And when I look back and I think what, you know, what makes Don Shula so great was just his ability to be very, very much the same to his players and treat everybody the same every single year and the longevity of his career for sure. And Joe, when you think about it in terms of South Florida sports and the history of South Florida sports, uh, you have Dan Marino and Dwayne Wade, number one and number two, as far as like the most iconic players to ever put on uniforms here. And you probably would have to put Don Shula up there on that Mount Rushmore of the best athletes or even coaches or people in sports in all of South Florida because football and Shula were synonymous for almost 30 years here in South Florida. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if Jeff Conine makes that Mount Rushmore for you, too. I'm trying to think of your baseball guy for the Marlins, Mr. Marlins. Yeah, they, they, they don't have one. But uh, you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, Don Shula, Pat Riley – uh, Dwayne Wade, Dan Marino, that's probably the South Florida sports uh, Mount Rushmore right there, at least off the top of my head. Sounds right. Uh, but it sounds right. It really does. And, uh, you know, you're talking about the toughness of Don Shula. You mentioned it earlier in hour one, how, how his players said, man, he was so tough on everybody. And I think that that's something that it's okay to be tough. I think he loved them, too. I think that's the difference. I, I think sometimes there's, there's coaches who are tough and mean. And, and I know I had teachers like this, too, and coaches as well who are just tough as nails and tough on you. But that's because they, they could see the greatness in you. Um, I don't know if they saw any greatness in me. Probably not. Maybe in you. But I feel like there's some of those coaches, those old school people, they would grind and grind and, because they knew that eventually the more they ground you down, there was a diamond there. And I feel like Shula is one of those guys. Lombardi was definitely one of those guys. And sometimes he ground too hard, too. And I think eventually, you know, he ground himself down so bad, I think it physically took a toll, toll on him. But Shula, I think, is one of those guys that rode those players so hard because he loved them and he knew he could get at And you see the way they, the reverence, they talk about him. And yeah, he was tough, but you could see the respect and the love. And it is kind of like that Belichick thing, too, where you look at Belichick and a lot of people are like, ah, he's a terrible personality. But you see the Julian Edelmans of the world go and like look for him to hug him. Because they, they want to hug him so much and all these things. And you're like, wow, you want to hug Belichick? I think it's the same thing there with Shula. It's, he was tough as nails on you because he knew he could make it great. And then you appreciated that on the back end. I think that's a very special thing. And I'd like to see more of that in coaches where people are allowed to push people hard. Yeah, a lot of great memories for sure. And I know that um, NFL Network yesterday also put on uh, you know, his life in football and all of the great games that he was part of. And people forget that uh, Don Shula in the 70s, his team went uh, perfect, 17-0. Uh, and that's never been done, may never be done again. 
uh, following year, they ended up winning a Super Bowl again and still had a ton of success for almost 25 years in the NFL. And only one other Super Bowl appearance, unfortunately, for Don Shula. But rest in peace, Don Shula. Just wanted to recap that. For those of you who missed earlier in the show, go back and check. You can see on demand. All right, so uh, we're going to dive into a couple of NFL win totals today on the show, Joe. Now, to give transparency as to how we've sort of been discussing them, uh, I don't see any value whatsoever on, on unless I think something is egregiously off, Joe, uh, I wouldn't bet an over on any NFL team right now, even and no disrespect to FanDuel or anybody else, unless I saw something significant, only because, Joe, you, there's more risk than there is reward. One guy gets hurt, you have to ask yourself the question, why didn't you wait? I mean, anything can happen during this offseason. So if anything, it's got to be an under for me or probably nothing, because I'm not going to bet an over and then find out a guy got arrested in June for being naked at a pool somewhere <laughs> and going to be out for the year. I, I why? Why go down that road? Like, I, unless you see some. Those were my plans. So, I mean, just so you know, that was that was my plans for the summer. That but, was your you Saturday know. plan, though. I thought, <laughs> not your Tuesday plan. That's right. Could be. So, so that's kind of the way that I I targeted it. But we're running through a couple of teams a day just to kind of get a feel for if the number could go higher, if it could go lower, if it could stay the same. And I know we do a lot of stock market as it pertains to fantasy football. But for today, Joe, we're going to focus in on the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, here you go with their season win total you're looking at right now. The over, uh, it, the total seven and a half, and the over is basically even money. So you risk 100, you win, your, you win another 100. So it's 100 to win 200. And the under, there's a slight lean on the minus 120. So uh, you would risk 120 to make 100. Uh, I'm not getting into the Super Bowl with the Falcons because I don't think that that's realistic. But their odds to win the NFC South if you believe in a long shot, are 7-1. to one. And then if you really want to throw a dart, then their odds to win the NFC Championship are 22-1, uh, to one, Joe. Now, uh, in the draft, and look, the draft, as we've seen, it's, it's amazing to me to see the last five years of the NFL draft and just how wrong everyone is. Everybody is. Even the people who are analyzing the draft is about players. So it's really hard to say that anybody did well in the draft, giving grades and all that stuff. It's kind of nonsense. But... They basically drafted a player that they think is going to help them not only based on their own team, but based on their division, which just got, you would assume, a little bit better with Tom Brady playing quarterback. Those picks are not free anymore from Jameis Winston. So they drafted A.J. Terrell from Clemson, and he was the 16th pick overall. That was you know, obviously their big pick. They also drafted Marlon Davidson from Auburn, defensive end as well. After that, it's hit or miss. I'm, you know, go to the sixth, seventh round. It's at that point you have no idea what you're doing. But the Falcons last year, Joe, they went through an unbelievably putrid run, where it looked like they couldn't beat anybody, and then all of a sudden, the second half of the season looked like the Falcons team that we saw, thought we were going to see in the first half of the season. So, I'm not really buying that they'll be a very good team. But this number does sort of look accurate. At the end of the year, if you told me that the Falcons won eight games, I wouldn't be shocked. If they won seven, I wouldn't be shocked. If they won ten, I'd probably be shocked just because of the division that they're playing in. And I do think Tampa Bay will end up being a little bit overrated. But uh, how do you see the Falcons coming into this year? If, if we would have looked at, uh, asked you what the season win total for the Falcons would have been, and I asked you this question last October, you would have said two, seven and a half. Well, I, I think that's the whole point is that finish, how how good that finish was, how they responded. I mean, Matt Ryan did get hurt in the last season as well, missed a couple games there. So I, I think when you're looking at the Falcons, the biggest problem they had, the biggest need they had was on defense. They had injuries on defense, but look, let's be honest. The last few years, you could basically just set your watch 
to running backs who catch the ball in the backfield or big-time tight ends just eating them for breakfast. They have a hard time covering over the middle. They have a hard time. They are one of the worst tackling teams I've seen in ages in the last few years. I mean, just arm tackles everywhere, especially in the secondary. Somebody gets somebody gets out there free, and eh, this is their idea of tackling. And and I watch it on a weekly basis, and it was very difficult. And and that was the whole thing. It's the the Falcons' lack is physicality on defense. And we'll see if some of these draft get, picks can kind of bring that. And some better health on this roster can bring that as well. But I think fundamentally you're looking at a team that's still looking up, even though they've got Julio Jones, even though they brought in Todd Gurley. Um, We don't know what that Todd Gurley is at this point. I think, you know, we've heard him talk about, I'm still the guy. And my guy, that sounds great, Todd. You still, he's he's scored a ton of touchdowns last year. But at the end of the day, like, are we going to start looking at Todd Gurley and all of a sudden go, oh, wow, look at this incredible bounce back comeback player of the year award, Todd Gurley? We are not. That's not happening, right? That is not going to happen. So I think when you're starting to think about all these things and you look at Carolina getting better, look at, this is the, I mean, they drafted seven guys on defense. They they used their entire draft on defense, which when, in the absence of Luke Keekley, I think is a really interesting thing to do. And they went hard on that end. They brought in Byron Left. I mean, uh, they brought in uh, Teddy Bridgewater. They brought in a bunch of guys here where I think that Carolina is going to be respectable. Then you have Tom Brady come into this division. And you have the Saints, who are probably the best roster in the NFL, period, top to bottom. So I think this is actually one of these where the under is very reasonable because it would, you know, to be a 500 team in a division that's that competitive is asking a lot. And I know Matt Ryan's a good quarterback. I know Julio Jones is an all-world talent at wide receiver. Todd Gurley is a giant question mark. But I think at this point, if you don't think Todd Gurley is that comeback player of the year and somehow is going to transcend and, and carry this offense in a whole unique and different way, an offense that did throw the ball a ton to a running back last year, Devonta Freeman caught a ton of balls in this offense last year. Maybe Todd Gurley catches a ton. I, all I know is you're asking a lot to be better than Carolina, Tampa, and New Orleans significantly at that amount in the season to win eight games. I'm going to go the under here. I think there's actually money to be made on this one. Okay. Uh, taking a look at the San Francisco 49ers, that's our second profile of the day. Uh, the 49ers' uh, total is 10.5, as you see there, minus 120. Uh, the under 10.5 is plus 100. The odds to win the NFC West is even money. And the odds to win the NFC Championship, you're basically getting uh, $4.5 to your $1. Uh, they drafted Brandon Ayuk. Obviously, that's going to be a very big deal for them. He's already said that he's spoken to Debo Samuel, who appears to be the main guy right now in San Francisco. Joe, they've kind of tinkered and gone through a lot of these different wide receivers through the years. That was definitely a position of need. They sent Matt Breida to Miami for a draft pick. You know, Mostert is there as well. Their defense is strong. Their offense is strong as well. But for me, again, I look at a number here, and uh, the only way that I could go is over, because I do think that they're going to be as good as they were last year. I think this is a really good NFL team. But at the same time, I'll wait. If I'm going to get in on the over, I'll just wait to make sure none of the guys are hurt. Well, look, Seattle's still going to be very competitive. But it's about what you think about the Rams, I think. That that has to do with how you yeah, feel. Yeah, I'm not too high on the Rams. I am not either. I think the Rams' window has shut. Uh, and I know that sounds a little abrupt, but I, I really feel that way. The cap issues they have, the undefined running back situation they have, if the Rams, you think, were going – again, I, I, sometimes I think I base these of how does the division look – and if you think the Rams are going to be a super competitive team again, then I can understand being a little afraid of the 10 and a half. I'm not. I think this defense with the 49ers is terrific. I understand the Super Bowl hangover 
last couple of years has been real, Always especially relevant. teams, yeah, especially teams that have lost in in Absolutely. bad fashion. Look at the Atlanta team. Look at Matt Ryan respond the next year. Look at Cam Newton the following year after that shellacking they got. Look at uh, look at how the the Denver Broncos where they got just absolutely pwned in the Super Bowl <laughs> by by the Seattle Seahawks that year. You go back and you keep looking. It, it is tough to come back from that kind of thing. But I think in this situation here, I think the Seattle Seahawks are going to be very competitive. I don't think the Rams so much. I think it's going to allow them to get really close to this. I think 11-12 wins is very reasonable for this team. Ayuk is a great little addition there, but I think it's he fits really what they want to do. I mean, they, all this team does, I think you'll agree to, they run those slants over the middle day in, day out, night in, night out. I mean, that is what that offense is. They run the ball, throw a quick slants over the middle, and he's made for that, Ayuk, and so is Debo Samuel. So really, Shanahan's really crafted something here with them. Again, it, it also comes down to will Garoppolo take another step forward? I don't think so. So it's not a 13-14 win team, but I do think it's an 11-win team or a 12-win team. All right, we'll take a quick time out on Fantasy Sports today. Our iconic stadium and player tour continues next right here on SportsGrid. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show as we want to uh, welcome Joe back to Fantasy Sports Today. He's back in the saddle again with me as uh, he's now going to be part of these pseudo-regular segments that we're doing here. And you know me. I'm like a creature of habit, Joe, with my shows. I like people watching every day. I like people watching and knowing what's coming every single day. And so with fantasy football season, you and I had trust or bust and you had, uh, you know, we had a lot of uh, fun discussions, but the one thing that I've been missing that we are now going to bring back on the show, since you are back on the show here is starting next week. I am proud to announce that Florida man will be returning to fantasy sports today, starting next week. I didn't realize it ever left. I, I had no we idea. Stop doing floor. Well, you know, different hosts, different segments. I, I like to keep. <sighs> I I feel like catering to my co-host. I like to. <laughs> so you're I, saying I, is the strength when it comes to stupidity, I'm your guy. Well, I mean, Joe Ranieri on the show yesterday did call uh, Ewok yeah, Webster. He, he, so he stupidity is definitely in the equation with Joe too. But <laughs> but the but the point is is that I know some things work better than others, and mm-hmm. I had never worked with Joe before. And, and that was our first time doing it, so I did not. To, to, to go down very, so very So Florida dark. Man is coming back. That's, that, that makes me so happy. And especially in this day and age. You know, I think when you're needing content, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what Florida Man is doing in quarantine. Or, or like, I mean, because people don't get out much anymore. And, and you know, that's another reason, too, why I, I you know, actually, now that I, I think about it, that I kind of stopped doing Florida Man there was because of the quarantine. Because people couldn't get out to commit crimes. Made up a big story about how I stopped doing it. It That was really the reason. But it's not true. I bet there's more crimes now. I bet there's more people trying to do it. Last week, there was actually a really good Florida Man story. And I'm like, you know, should I do that on the show? The answer is yes. 
The answer is yes, Craig Bish. Did you see the video? By the way, uh, side note, I don't. I wonder if she was in Florida. Did you see the woman, <laughs> uh, the video of the woman walking into the grocery store buying the food with the mask that cut the hole in the middle of the mask? And, <laughs> and the grocery store clerk says, hey, that's a really cool mask. Where'd you get it? And she's like, no, nah, I just cut the middle out. And he's like, oh, why? He's like, yeah. She's like, I had a hard time breathing with the other. And then she just walks out, like totally nonchalant. Literally wearing a mask with a hole right in the middle of the mask. How, how is your aunt, by the way? <laughs> oh, look at that face. Look at the face of Greg. <laughs> That'll do it for Fantasy Sports. Oh, come on. It's funny. But, uh, but yeah, Florida man. We had so many wonderful, you know, Florida man moments. We did. We're bringing it back. Yeah. We're bring it back. I, I'm excited about this. And, and you know what? It's one of the other big positive things of, uh, you know, slowing the curve is we get to get back out there and we get to have these people in Florida get out there and do just the craziest crap you will ever see in your entire life. And I can't wait. Can we get graphics for that? Can we get like the mug well, shot? We'll, we'll that was the thing on the radio show. We you know, never was, had the Brett, visual. You know, Brett Levy, our producer, was, was not my producer for about uh, 30 minutes today. So he's been our producer and then he was not. Now he is. It's, I'm just trying to keep up with everybody. here. Well, so. look, Brett, I can tell you right now, you're going to love Florida Man. If we can now, I mean, this was, this was a radio show when we were doing Florida Man. To get visuals along with Florida Man, some it's gonna of them. It's going to be tough. Flips. It ain't going to be easy, but we'll get uh, it's, through. It's going to we'll, be We'll tough. find a way. We'll oh, find yeah. a way. Oh, we will. All right. So for, for normally what we do here around 1230, 1245 every day is uh, since we've hit this pandemic of sportsless television and radio, we thought it'd be good to do a historical perspective. And we're going on, <laughs> believe it or not, almost about 40 days of two stadiums a day here on the show. So you can imagine, Joe, that- Like the Moses of fantasy sports. We've hit on a lot of uh, stadiums (laughs) and a lot of players, and we're almost at the high schools, but we're we're really at that point. But today, fortunately, we are, uh, we we hadn't done the Chicago Bulls yet. And I know it seems weird considering it's like, wow, Craig, you had the last dance. Why didn't you do the Bulls? Well, you know what? I I didn't realize it. So we're gonna do it today. And here you go. You're looking at it right there. This is the United Center, opened up in 1994, the home of the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls, of course, with six NBA championships. If I'm not mistaken, uh, they won four of them or three of them at the actual United Center. So some were there and some were at the old uh, Chicago Stadium. Uh, Joe, when you think about uh, you know the United Center and you think about that stadium, I mean, really, I mean, Michael Jordan is really the only one that comes to mind. And being able to watch these videos now, my quick question before we get into the iconic players, the one thing that I know is they obviously take us uh, on this show back and forth and back and forth in time. And the real differential for me is actually in the stadium, the look of the stadium. That's where I kind of think, oh, like, because I noticed that they went back. Yeah, well, I, I think the one thing that when I started watching The Last Dance again, I got the goosebumps because I had forgotten about the intro. You know, when they started to play that dun 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 dun, that music, and then Edgar, and they did that. And you remember, I was like, oh, and I start even now, I just did it, and I got the goosebumps. I swear to God. I got your own goosebumps. I got my own. I gave gave yourself your own goosebumps. That's That's how good I am. That's why I'm back on this show with you, because I can give myself goosebumps, and everybody else watching the show. But, man, that was, that was an intro. That was something like, you know, I know the Knicks tried to do their own version of it for a while. Everybody tried to do their own. No, no, no. It was that guy and that that announcer, your Chicago Bulls, like that guy. The whole thing just worked. And, you know, it's funny. You you take those things for granted and, as being a sports fan and you're in the moment of it. And then when you don't think about something like that for a long time and then you hear it again, you go, oh, wait, that's right. And then the buildup to that, to that star of Michael Jordan for him to come out last, 
that, those were special things. And I think it was, there was an aura in that arena. And I think that's what made this building so special was the aura of what used to go on there. And it was like a concert. It was like a show. Michael Jordan was the star of the show. And every night when they went out there to play, people went out there and spent money, not to see a sporting event. They were seeing a show and they knew how to produce it. And this was the theater. And I think, you know, I always think of sports as great theater. It's the same thing as, as going out to see a play or a film. The only difference is I might know how Hamlet's going to end. I don't know how game seven's going to end. And that's what's fun. We have characters. We have story. We have plot lines. We have all these great things. But one is a predetermined outcome. But if it's executed well, I care. The great thing about the Bulls is they executed too. You have these great players. You have these great things. And the execution was there. So every night when you went out to see the show, you got your money's worth and what you were paying for that ticket. All right, let's look at the iconic players in Chicago Bulls history, and we're looking at recent history here, of course, because this is the, these are the players that played in the United Center. Uh, so we have Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, and then in more recent history, the Bulls kind of went south. Uh, Derrick Rose, who won the MVP with the Bulls, and then uh, Horace Grant I have here on my top five list, Joe. Do you have any exception to that over the last uh, 20 years of Chicago Bulls basketball? I don't. I, I wish, you know, it's funny. I, I thought that the, you know, the Bulls had be created something so special and so magical that I thought, you know, somebody would pick up the torch. Or, and and no. Chicago <laughs> was such a basketball town from in that entire era. And it's crazy to think it's just fallen off. And it's, it's kind of sad because – you know, usually when you get like the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? They were a dynasty team. They continued on. You you have uh, other teams that the Spurs had different incarnations of themselves That's over the true. years. I, you know, I think the conscious decision to break it up was the thing that made no sense. I, I agree. And that's been so incredible to revisit the whole relationship between the players and the general manager, Jerry Krause, and how contentious it was. And I kept thinking about this, and I wanted to pose this to you when I saw that the United Center was on here today. Could you imagine what that debacle of a relationship would have been like if there was Twitter and social media. Oh, now. yeah. I've thought about that a lot, even with when Shula passed away. Um, you know, like what it, what it must have been like to be in the locker room and have Shula quotes coming off Twitter. Yeah, totally different. Well, era. but this is like, we're talking about when Scottie Pippen's so mad at Jerry Cross. I know, right? but no. a lot of that wouldn't come out. because Well, maybe it would have at the time. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. Well, Sam Smith did the book, so it was a book. Right, but I'm mean, saying the they didn't have the ability to take public shots at each other. That's true. Yeah, now with social media, I, I, do. I also I think Krause is getting exasperated a situation or made it better. Maybe sometimes. I think Krause is getting a horrible rap here. He really is. I mean, I he mean, built this thing from the ground. Did. Come on, man. Like, and I, rebuilt I understand it, I understand and it was a, it in the middle. It Let's was not the dumbest. He rebuilt the middle. That's right. He brought in uh, Kerr and he brought in Rodman. Yeah. Listen, it was a horrible, uh, life-changing, sports-altering decision to do the stupidity that they did at the end. There is that's undeniable, but. Does he not get credit for everything that happened before then, too? I mean, I don't get it. But anyway, we uh, that, that's the Bulls for you guys. And uh, the only guy I left off here, I thought maybe Kukoc could get on here. Uh, maybe maybe Kerr, maybe Paxson, but I don't know. I, I think that was it for my top uh, five. Yeah, uh, Joaquim Noah. <laughs> hey, Noah. I, good, yeah, good yeah a couple moments. I'm saying like that. I'm, I'm Rondo, the Bulls were pretty good. Yeah, I, I look, it's it's tough. It's tough to live in that Rondo chat. Rondo on the Bulls? I don't know. Am I wrong about that? Uh, I don't know. Sometime might have been. I don't know. <laughs> Brett knows. <laughs> I asked Brett. Uh, but you know what? I think the unsung hero there of some of those Bulls teams is Horace Grant, too. A terrific forward, you know, an iconic player, too. I think that was, was so great about watching the Bulls is that if you had to, like, construct a team to say, this is what basketball looks like in positions, 
I always think of those Bulls teams because you had, you know, you had a guy like Kerr, right? You had you had Paxson before him, right? You had that that point guard guy. Then you had the 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 greatest shooting guard of all time, Michael Jordan, right? And then you had Scottie Pippen, arguably the greatest all-purpose small forward of all time. Certainly in that in that discussion, you can have that discussion of all-purpose, a guy who played great defense, a great scorer, all those things, tenacious player. And then you had Dennis Rodman, right? When you think power forward, you want a guy who rebounds, all these things. The only thing they didn't have is that iconic center. That was kind of the one piece they shuffled in, right? They had, you know, it was they Bill didn't Cartwright. Want a center. Well, they had Bill Cartwright that will Purdue, and then later on they had, you know, they had different Weddington. guys. Weddington and they kind of, right? It, it, they just, it was a presence, a physical middle of the guy, middle of the court presence. That was it. But that it's a fascinating thing to look at the way those teams were constructed like that. Is like the perfect quintessential player in each one of those positions too, which is. Really, you don't see that very often uh, nowadays. You just don't see it. Yeah, I, I just honestly, the whole uh, Chicago Bulls era post-Jordan from 98 through like 2003, 2002, it's just a blur, man. I don't even know what they did. I don't even know they what don't happened. Know what I don't did. even know who was on that team. I don't no. remember. And it, it is it is a dramatic drop-off, too. I mean, it really is. And it, it's and very they had sad. almost no drop off the first time he retired. Almost none. No, they were they were a very competitive team. They were right back in it. But I, I think where things went sour, you're right. You know, when, when Scottie Pippen signed that contract and you knew why he did it, and then they didn't want to pay him the amount that he was worth on the open market. Like, how could Scottie Pippen be the hundred and was he the hundred and twenty-fifth highest paid player in the NBA at that time? That's it's ludicrous. It's highway robbery. It allowed them to be great, but at the same time, at a certain point. You know, you have to look at it. Do you want to pay people for what they were or what they're going to be? I understand from the business standpoint, not wanting to do that. But basketball, I don't know. I think in basketball, you can get away with that more than you can in the NFL, don't you? Yeah, I think so. And the, the problem is, is that these basketball teams think that they can rebuild through the draft. And the reality is, is that that has been proven to be incorrect time and time again. <laughs> I mean, for every Luca. There's, uh, you know, a Darko, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's the hard, it's to me, now it's that's the hardest thing. For every Luca, there's a Darko. That is, there you go. That, that's an old Frank Sinatra song, I think. Make, we're making t-shirts sure. here on the show. There you go. All right. So we talked way too much about the Bulls this segment. We didn't even get to our iconic football stadium. So here's what we'll do. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back next, we'll dive into the West Coast. We'll tell you about our West Coast stadium that we're going to discuss it will include Los Angeles and a key college football team with, by the way, also the stadium hosted a couple of NFL teams as well. So that's coming up next right here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizapia with you here until 1 o'clock Eastern. Don't forget, coming up a little bit later, it's Scott Farrell, Coast to Coast, followed by In Game Live, and then tomorrow morning, the early line right here on Fantasy Sports Today. We're back in just two minutes. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mitch, Joe Pizapia here with you on the show. You know, last segment we uh, talked a lot about the Chicago Bulls and the last dance. You've been watching all of these shows? I, I have. I'm a little behind on the last dance. I'm only two episodes in. You're I know everyone else. You're always behind these shows. It's like, I, really... I, I am. It's called... Uh, what are you it's doing called, uh, What am I doing at night? Well, I've got a new book coming out, so that's one. Oh, oh, oh. And uh, I, I have gone down a bad video game rabbit hole. I told you. I'm, I'm, oh, I, I haven't played video games in years. 
No. Oh, no. Oh, I, I, this is a very secretive thing. I, I, I don't know what happened. I mean, I used to play video games in college and stuff like that, but all of a sudden now I've got time. On what I have, system? Oh, on my kid's Nintendo Switch. And, and if, if I tell you what game, it's, it's embarrassing. Like, I am just obsessed with this one of their games that I bought them, and now, like, I'm playing it with them, and it's kind of crazy. And now I'm, like, I'm on this island, and I'm earning things. It's actually the best thing in quarantine I've ever seen. I'm able to, like, it's called Animal Crossing, and I have, I have lost it. It's hilarious. But uh, I, I've been watching You're playing Ozark. every night? I, I'm playing a, a, as much as I possibly can. It's scary. What is I'm it a called? little worried. It's called Animal Crossing. It is crazy. I don't know why I've become obsessed with it. I just I like the idea of being able to go out and virtually fish. I, I think it's fun. I'm, I'm I, I never fished in my whole life. I'm a stupid city boy, and there and I am. You, I'm all, out there. you were always fascinated with that. I am. I'm, fa I'm fascinated with those. I don't want to actually fish. I want to virtually fish because it seems like a lot. You know, I can have a beer in my house and and virtually and, fish and, and, and find it very calming. I think you it's getting for hours. Oh, hours. It's it's embarrassing, but you know, no, it's listen, just you we and all me. Gotta here. do what we gotta do, man. Look, I've also I've gone through three seasons of Ozark. That's what I've really been doing. That's a great so, show. Yeah, that is a great. Fortunately, show. Fortunately, I I was in on that from the beginning, and we just we we finished it up probably about three weeks ago. I am I am three episodes into season three. So when that is uh, that is done, I will be able. It's to a phenomenal it. show. It's yeah. worth worth every. Well, you know, and and having the kids home so much now <laughs> because they're homeschooling all the other things. We we've got we did all the Lord of the Rings movies. So we've been doing a lot of that. We've been watching them in parts. Now we've sure. moved on to X-Men because they've already seen all the other Marvel movies. So they right. started the X-Men series there. So uh, it's it's a fascinating thing to, like, to see how much like you could start introducing your children to some of these like greater things because you never have time. Everyone's got dance and baseball and this and that. And, and it's like all of a sudden now you don't have any of those things. So it's like, hey, remember I said we want to watch Lord of the Rings trilogy? Guess what? Now we have 12 hours that we could just watch that. And I think yeah. that's... It's fun. It's it, things will go back to normal. They are starting to a little bit. Uh, I don't know what's going on about you, but they actually canceled school in New Jersey yesterday. So that was uh, that was it. So finally, the hammer came down. But, but they were no online. Uh, online, yes. They, but I mean, no. Oh no, no they canceled. Yeah, Florida. They canceled a couple weeks ago. This oh, did Florida. they? Oh, I didn't realize they'd already yeah. called it Florida too. I mean, we're doing online schooling. Well, yeah, we're doing online schooling, but that's 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 also where my. Time I'm just is. hopeful they can go back in the fall. Honestly, you know, I'm not even worried about what happens in the summer. Yeah, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic for that. I I hope so. I think we all hope Him? that. Well, yeah. No. Well, look, if they're starting to play baseball in July, let's hope that September people can go back to school. I hope so. I hope so. But. We'll see. Okay, uh, our stadium tour continues. Uh, as you're going to see, we're going to take a look at today's uh, stadium. It's the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. Opened up in 1923, and a lot of teams have played there. This is true. It is the USC Trojans, the Los Angeles Rams twice, the Raiders ended up winning a Super Bowl there. Some other teams have played there as well. Brett sent me off the top of my head. I can't remember. Uh, but USC, since they have played there, Joe, they have won a total of 11 national championships. And USC, Joe, for a long time in the 70s and 80s were really synonymous with college football. But it's really strange how the Pac-12 conference has really died down in terms of its popularity and also its strength. And so while we'll get into it in just a couple of minutes, but while the great players at USC as you'll see in the 60s and 70s and even the 80s and, and even the 90s to a degree, only when Pete Carroll got back to USC for that short stint. That's kind of been it, really, for the Trojans. Yeah, when I think of the Trojans, I think of that linebacker position too, right? You had 
Junior Seau and then passing the torch to Willie McGinnis. And I, I think of those, you know, that linebacker guy, that middle linebacker at USC, that's a big position here. Uh, I know you have some other great players on that list. But, you know, it's it's amazing, too, because you think of, you know, the stadium and you think of how just wild and crazy it is for college football and then just how empty and sad it is professional football-wise. <laughs> I think that's – that's Bizarre. that's it, it is. It's – I mean, I get it. I and I don't at the same time. It's just funny. I guess it's just what you grow up with culturally or where it is. I mean, when you're from New York, it's mostly professional sports. There's not a lot of, you know, college sports that you're super into if you're from New York most of the time. Some people know Notre Dame fans and things like that, but like, you know, it's, it's your pro teams, it's your Yankees and it's your, you know, your Jets and your Knicks and all that kind of stuff. But man, it's it's funny when you go out there certain other places where they have professional football and they don't support it. And I know it's been back and forth. So I guess that's part of it, too. It was there, and then it wasn't. So if you didn't grow up with it culturally, I guess when it skips generations, I guess it's hard to kind of root for it. Do yeah. you think it's going to take hold eventually that, you know, when you have this new stadium being built for the Chargers I think there? for the Rams it will. You think for the Rams? Yeah, I don't think it'll ever be good for the Chargers. Yeah. So that's that's sad. That makes me sad because San I Diego mean, is a good town that really loved that I, I don't. I don't know how you could possibly expect them to just – take on a new team like i mean if the kansas city royals just decided to go to uh i don't know like what's a good like atlanta mm-hmm. would all of a sudden the atlanta royals be supported like you yeah. already have the, you already have the the braves there you know mm-hmm. it's like it's just it's just weird to me how that whole thing went down but i don't i don't know why they couldn't get that stadium built in san diego i don't know and san diego is a beautiful fans. town it's, just, it's just, they love that team I don't know. It's just it's very sad to me for a lot of reasons. But again, this is USC. So when yeah. you think of USC, like you know, when, when the first thing you hear when you see USC Trojans, what what comes to mind for you? I'm curious. Uh Reggie Bush maybe or or Marcus Allen. What comes to mind for me is that that game against Texas with Vince Young and and Matt Liner. Oh. That that was and I'm wasn't the biggest college football guy in the world, and I remember watching that game and just being just. Just stunned disbelief. That was one of the best college football games. One of the best football games ever. It's just a great. It was just a great back and forth. And that when I think USC, that's the first thing that pops in my mind. And then what pops in my mind after that is Pete Carroll running away after everything got disintegrated. Yeah, well, he (laughs) knew it was coming to an end, so we had to get out of there. All right, let's look at the iconic players that have ever played at USC. And and Joe mentioned some good ones too that I did not include on here. But uh, OJ Simpson, of course, you know his football career was certainly very decorated until the other stuff. Marcus Allen is widely considered potentially the best running back of all time at USC. Reggie Bush won the Heisman Trophy, but it's been vacated or is it vacated? I'm not even I think he had to give it away, right? Like it was all kinds of I think of he did. Well, you know, so stupid. Like all that stuff is just nonsense. I mean, leave the guy is hard. He never won. He never won. It never happened. It never happened. He never played. He never took any hits. He never was amazing. It was a farce. It was ridiculous. I hate Charles White was uh, an absolute beast at USC. Yes. Unbelievable running back there. Lynn Swan, wide receiver, and then Anthony Munoz, offensive tackle as well. Not as good as it gets. Maybe the greatest offensive lineman ever, Anthony Munoz. I mean, could uh, be. Could you be. Know, and you know what? It's funny. We mentioned Liner before. He's definitely that guy that, I mean, he was there for a while. I mean, they had other quarterbacks too. Mark Sanchez. I remember Carson Palmer too. That's another guy too on this list, right? Another USC quarterback. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I, I think that's another guy you can kind of put in there. Yeah, maybe, maybe he cracks the top five. Maybe outside of Lynn Swan, you think Carson yeah. Palmer? I mean, he was pretty damn good in his his moment there. 
Lineard actually won the championship, so that's, that's true. It's, it's probably a fair point to put him in there. As Rodney well. Pete, another quarterback too. I just remember too. Didn't Rodney Pete play there? USC, eighty-five to eighty-eight. Yes, he did. Look at that. Another uh, pretty uh, good quarterback there. Yeah, it's funny. Not- I I only know this because we only we we talked about it the other day. It's not that I'm bringing it out, but the first pick in the NFL draft was Ricky Bell out of USC. Oh, yeah. Ricky, Ricky Bell for the Buccaneers. And so uh, right. Joe Ranieri and I the other day were like, we don't even remember this one. Oh, I remember the football card, Ricky Bell. I remember, was that like 92 or something, right? 92 draft, 91 draft, something like that? It was a while ago, yeah. I want to say it was like around there because I remember like I was it just... It was the like, 80s, no? Ricky Bell, was it? Oh, man, I don't know why, but I have this vision of the Ricky Bell scorecard. Like, I remember, like, I remember, like, score football, I thought, was, like, the coolest-looking football card. And I want to say Ricky Bell was in one of those draft classes in the early 90s there. And, oh, dude, there's a lot of guys. You know, I remember it was, like, that Cortez Kennedy. It was, like, all those guys that came in. 1977. Well, who am I thinking of? It's another Bell or another Ricky somebody else then. Some other guy came out of there, and it was Ricky somebody. Ricky Bell was 77, and I, I... I'm thinking of somebody else, and I've confused my okay. Ricky. So I, I apologize for confusing my Rickies here. Ricky Nateel? <laughs> Maybe. Could be. Yeah, actually, might be the guy now that you're thinking about it. So uh, what what uh, what stadium would you like to do tomorrow, Joe? Do you have any ideas? Oh, let's see. Stadiums? Well, have you what done my players? My, my, my... I mean, we've done a lot. If, if have I've you done Shea yet? Have you done that? Yeah, we did Shea. You yeah. did Shea without me? All right. Um, what about Old Veteran Stadium? Have you done that, Phillies? Uh, we have we have half. not because of the eagle. I the Eagles played there too, so it's like you got to do the combo there. I'll let listen if you want. You can handle that. Well, out. I'm trying to think of some of the places I, I've been to that were maybe iconically good or bad. I mean, that was a terrible place to watch a game, and in college we used to go there all the time because mm-hmm. it was a huge place. Um, I'm trying to think here. Uh, have you done? Uh, well, I assume you've done the Garden. Obviously, you've done all the the, the we did. there. So, have you done more baseball? Or more NBA. We've done, we've done them all. Done well, you've <laughs> done 40. Basketball. You've done 40 or you're doing two a day? That's what you've been doing. We're doing two a day. So it hasn't been, well, it hasn't been 40 days. Well, maybe it has. Well, <laughs> it, it was be. all of March, so that's 20 days. So uh, that's hmm. You've done April. Dodger Stadium, I'm sure. You've yeah. done, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some homework on we'll, this. We'll, we'll work on that. Like a text thing back and forth. It might be easier for you to tell me the ones we've done. <laughs> maybe we'll do it again i don't think anybody saw it anyway. uh, who <laughs> i don't knows? think anybody was watching maybe it's we'll a new perspective it. it's a different joe same show different joe there you go that's what it is fantasy sports today um yeah i i think maybe doing some of those old crappy stadiums that don't exist anymore would be fun too like uh the old memorial stadium or like you know, I was thinking of doing Cleveland or Baltimore, yeah. but it's, the comments I got from people were like, oh, but you, like, you really should do the whole franchise. You're missing out on even though it's new. So it's like I, I've, I've teetered back and forth how to do it. I don't well, because, I mean, when you think of like, like Cleveland, for instance, you think about the old crappy stadium, and then you think about Jacobs Field, two totally different environments. Yeah. Two teams that are very – I mean, the Indians team they play in the – you know, it's like closer to major league without the winning – as opposed to the team that played Jacobs Field, which was uh, the John Hart years, were terrific. I, those are two totally different segments, Greg Mish. I want right. to be in one of them. We'll work on it. But for now, we got to take a timeout on Fantasy Sports today. When we come back next, international football looks like a thing of the 2019 season, and 18, and 17, and 16, but potentially not 2020, as the NFL schedule is coming out. Uh, international games 
looks like uh, not going to be part of our schedule here this coming season. So we'll get into that. Also, everything happening in fantasy sports and the world of sports as well. Also, don't forget, you can watch our show every single day, of course, wherever you're watching it right now, whether it's sportsgrid.com or on demand on YouTube. But the great apps that are out there, including Pluto TV, Zumo TV, and Stir, are also great ways to watch this show. So you can just go on your iPhone or Android, download them, and then watch the show live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Joe and I will be back right after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.